Blog Talk Radio.
Hallelujah. That is who our great God is. You're listening tonight to Reaching Out Radio International. In the Word with your sister Pearl. And we are so happy and blessed of the Most High God to be with you tonight. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his grace, his mercies, loving kindness that is constant. We praise, bless, and magnify his most holy name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I greet you in the name above every other name, the matchless, phenomenal, amazing, awesome name of Jesus. No other name like that name. So wherever you're listening to, uh, you're listening from, I should say, around this world, in no matter what um, continent, no matter what nation, I am so grateful for the privilege to come and spend a little time with you. About an hour we're going to have together. And really, really grateful for this privilege. Praise God. I want to also thank God for Evangelist Montel Fields, who has given me this opportunity to share the word of God with you around the world listening. She is the leader of this ministry, Reaching Out Radio International, and she's a woman with a vision. She's a woman with a heart to see. That every man, woman, boy and girl uh, has an opportunity to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, too, am so happy to be able to join with her and uh, be a part of what God is doing in her life and what God is doing with this tremendous uh, radio ministry. I don't know how many of you got the opportunity to listen, but I hope that you can because you can always listen on demand. Uh, We just celebrated seven years of sharing the gospel on Reaching Out Radio International. So we're so happy uh, that uh, we were able to be with you. And we didn't start out with 90 nations. Uh, We started out with much less than that, but God has blessed this ministry and increased uh, our area of influence. And so tonight... We are in at least 90 different countries in at least six continents, and that also we have to include the Caribbean uh, and a lot of the smaller islands. We are in all of these places, and we're just so grateful and honored to our Lord and our Savior to have this opportunity. God bless you. If you were listening last week, I was doing and I am doing a message called, Is There Anything Too Hard for God? And that message stems from Jeremiah chapter 32 and verse 27 when, well, actually, yeah, verse 27, I'm right, where the Lord spoke to Jeremiah and the Lord, it says in verse 26, Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, verse 27. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? 
And we know that the answer to that question is there is nothing too hard for God. Actually, Jeremiah knew this answer already. And in verse 17, prior to this question that God posed to Jeremiah, because sometimes we might know something, but we need to be reminded by God, by the Holy Spirit, because as we are still in this flesh, our flesh would be tempting us to doubt God at times. Jeremiah knew in his heart of hearts that really nothing is impossible for God or too difficult because Jeremiah himself said in verse 17 of 32, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So there goes Jeremiah already confessing and declaring and proclaiming that there is nothing too hard for God to do. Amen. And so if you have not listened to part one of is there anything too hard for God, I encourage you to go back. Go back and listen to that uh, program again on our website, Reaching Out Radio International, and uh, get to listen you can listen anytime on demand to any of these messages that are preached, whether it's from my program, uh, In the Word with Sister Pearl, or any of our other wonderful hosts who are here uh, to bring the gospel to you. You can go back and listen. So tonight, by the grace of God, I want to do, because I felt last, last Sunday night that I was not really finished with this message. And honestly, this is the kind of message that I could preach probably for weeks and end, if not months, if not an entire year, because God is so great, so vast, so mighty, so awesome, that we can just continue to talk about his greatness for a very long time. <laughs> That's how great our God is. There is no end to that. But because I want to go on to some other subjects, I'm going to see if I can finish Tonight's message, is there anything too hard for God? If I can't, then we'll take it to a part three. But let's just see how God will lead tonight. And I'm going to ask you to pray with me, wherever you are, in whatever way you would like to pray, whether you close your eyes or uh, bow your head or you bend your knee, however you want to pray, or you're just standing at your kitchen uh, and you're doing work, but you're just going to stop everything and just going to be solemn before the Lord for a few minutes while I pray. Won't you join me as we look to the Lord to really anoint my lips and anoint your ears so that we can hear, is there anything too hard for God, part two. So Heavenly Father, we just are so grateful to come before you another time in the matchless name of your son Jesus, and we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that you are such an awesome God, a tremendous God. You are everything that was spoken of in that wonderful song that we just played. You are the way maker. You're the promise keeper. You're the, you know, the, the, the light in the darkness. That is who you are. You're, you're an awesome God. And we just want to bow our heads and bow our hearts before you to acknowledge our gratitude, 
awesome God. Amazing, amazing, amazing God. Thank you for giving that song to our sister Sinek. Thank you, Lord God, for allowing this song to be heard and sung all over the world in so many different languages. Thank you because it's been a great encouragement to us at a very critical time that we needed to be reminded of who our great God is. Thank you, Lord God. And I pray that you would lead now and guide us as we go into the second part of this message. Father, uh, make it known to us exactly what you want us to understand. I pray that many people that are in great need of miracles, that are facing very, very hard circumstances, that they would have the faith to believe you for the impossible because you've told us in your word that there is nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing impossible with our great God. And so we thank you, Heavenly Father. Be glorified in this message in our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me just give you a little background behind the song Waymaker. I thought that I would do that before I even go into the message that God has given me for you tonight or whenever you happen to be listening. This song was written by a Nigerian woman by the name of Sinak. Uh, she has experienced miracles in her own life. Now, I was looking on the, on the um, Internet to find out some information about Sinak and one of the things that I found out is that she had been a Christian for quite a long time. Uh, she did not get married until she was um, 41 years of age. And for ladies in Africa, this is pretty, um, pretty different from the usual because a lot of women in African nations in that great continent, they get married early. They could get married uh, as a mid-teen, as a... Uh, a late teen, early 20s, uh, mid-20s. But it is, it is not the usual thing for somebody to get married at age 41. But however, she did. And then on top of getting married at age 41, she did not even have her first child. I don't know the reason why because uh, there was not a, a lot of information about that. But she was married for five years before she actually gave birth to her first child. And so I don't know if they were trying to get pregnant or they wanted to wait for a while. I don't know. But I can honestly tell you that for her to give birth at uh, age 46, it was the hand of God. Not that other women have not given birth at that age, but uh, that is not the typical age that women give birth. Some of them give birth even older, but the majority of women give birth through their 20s and their 30s. So we thank God that this writer of the great song, Waymaker, had experienced uh, this wonderful miracle baby at age 46. And I also want to share with you that as she, as she had said herself, if you go and look up the information about the great song that she wrote, um, she said that the Lord had, had impressed on her heart Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 5, and that's the time that 
God spoke to Abram. I'm not going to go into that whole story because that's not my whole message, but you can feel free to look this up when you have the opportunity. Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 5, and it talks about um, God's promise to the, to the man of God, Abram. This was before God even named him Abraham. He was then just named Abram. And God promised him that he was going to bless him and he was going to make him a great nation and he was going to make his name great. Now, at that time, he didn't even have a child. But, but God gave him that promise nevertheless. Now, we know the story. A lot of us know the story. And if you don't know the story, I can just tell you quickly that God did allow him to be a biological father. But I think Abraham must have been at least about 100 years of age at that time. And his, his wife, Sarah, or Sarai in the Hebrew, she did not even conceive. She was married to him for years, and they, 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 they never had children. But yet God promised her through the angel uh, that they were going to have this promised child, and his name was, it was Isaac. But that was a miracle because 90-year-old and 100-year-old people do not uh, give birth to children or conceive children. So it was, a, it was a miracle that God opened up Sarah's room. So, again, we're talking about this song, Waymaker. And if you didn't catch all the words, let me just tell you quickly. It, it talks about you are here, meaning God. You, God, are here moving in our midst. That means you're moving among us. And, and because you're moving among us, because you're moving in, in our presence, I worship you. We worship you, God. And you are here working in this place. I worship you. I worship you. So Sinai writes these, le- these words in this song of worship to God, and she's telling the Lord, that you are here working in our midst, moving in this place, working in this place. You're a way maker. You're a miracle worker. You're a promise keeper, and you're a light in the darkness. Now, many of you listening to my voice at this particular time, you need for God to make a way in your situation, a way that it seems like there is no possible way to be made. Well, when there's no possible way to be made, that means that you need a miracle from God Almighty. And if God has given you a promise that he's going to do something special and miraculous for you, you have to believe God. I like that last part of this clause. She said that he's the light in the darkness. How often do you and I find ourselves in very dark places, and we're wondering, what in the world is going on here? Very dark, very grim places, and we don't seem to find any light or e- even any shadow, any, any like small area of light or, you know, a, a, a small beam of light. But she declares to God, my God, that is who you are. And what is she saying that God is? A way maker a miracle worker, a promise keeper, a light in the darkness, the same way that God promised Abram that he was going to make him a great nation. Fast forward, and you know that God did make him a great nation. Actually, the people of Israel come directly from the line of Abraham. 
Wow. So God keeps his promise. A man that had not fathered children before. This is our God. This is our God. And then the song goes on to say, you are here healing every heart. I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. You are here turning lives around, shifting the situation, basically, is what she's saying. You're, you mended every heart. Mending every heart. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. The Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 4, chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, in the Good News translation, let us then hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we have a great high priest who has gone into the very presence of God. Jesus, the Son of God, our high priest, is not one who cannot feel sympathy for our weakness, our weaknesses. On the contrary, we have a high priest who was tempted in every way that we are, but who did not sin. Let us have confidence then and approach God's throne. Where there is grace, there we will receive mercy and find grace to help us just when we need that help. Hallelujah. Now, like I was saying, I watched an interview with Sinak who wrote that song. Can you imagine a, a, a woman from Nigeria, God anoints her and writes a song. This song, Waymaker, has now become famous all over the world. She wrote it in 2015, I believe. It really took off in 2020 when the entire globe was, was hit with the pandemic. And it has been translated now into 50 different languages. It speaks to us so powerfully these days all around the world. And we're so grateful to God for that song. We have famous Christian singers singing that song. We have people like Michael W. Smith and Darlene Check of Hillsong. And it goes, and so many, 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 many other uh, well-known people are singing Sinat songs. But this is the lady who wrote it, Sinat. And we thank God for her. So I want to go into, is there anything difficult for our God? And, of course, the answer is no. There's nothing too difficult for our God, absolutely nothing. I, I want to read and encourage you by also looking at another book in the Old Testament, and this is the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. I'm not going to read the entire chapter, but I am going to read several, several verses from it. I'm going to read actually 19 verses because I believe it is worth us just listening, and I hope that you will take time uh, when you have your own private devotions and read this tremendous passage of Scripture because it's, it's a great promise from our great God. Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 19. Won't you listen as I read. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, 
he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. I will say to the north, give them up and to the south. Do not hold them back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made, lead out those who have eyes but are blind, who have ears but are deaf. All the nations gather together and the peoples assembled. Which of their gods foretold this and proclaimed to us the former things? Let them bring in their witness to prove they were right so that others may hear and say, it is true. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. For me no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me there is no Savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed, I, and not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declare the Lord, that I am God. Yes. And from the ancient days, I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake, I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitive all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your king. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished and snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That is the word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 through 19. Now, I want to say to you that are listening tonight, here is something so key to obtaining and walking in the victory which Christ has provided you. Because in this world, you and I have an enemy, and his name is Satan. He does not want you to walk into and to obtain the promises that God has made you. He doesn't want you to experience them. 
And sometimes he will use people. He will use people that are weak, people that are wounded, people that have tremendous problems to harm you. And I just want to say very clearly, the enemies of God do not get to write your story. I want to say that again, because so many times we can be listening to what the enemy and the people that he uses tell us. And one of the worst things is when the people claim to be Christians, but all they can do on closed doors is tear people down and tear you down. But the enemies of God do not get to write your story. God writes your story. And the part that you play is that you must line up with his will his plan, and his purpose for your life. So you and I are challenged whether we have enemies harassing us and tormenting us or maybe we don't have people doing that right now, and praise God if you don't, but maybe it is some challenging situation. Maybe you have been given a horrible diagnosis by the doctors. Maybe you have children that you are raising and that you have raised, but now they don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want to have anything to do with you except to just use you for what you can give them. They don't want to follow the ordinances of God, the ways of God. They have been rebellious. Uh, They are hurting and breaking your very heart. And I know what it is. Not by a child, thank God, but I know what it is to to suffer a broken heart. It's real, people. And it can take you out if you're not careful. If you listen to the lies that the enemy will spew, these kind of things will take you out. But you have to do what I'm going to share with you tonight, and that you have to make up your mind that you're going to align yourself with God's will and what he says about you and your life. And God tells us in Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11, he says clearly, I know the plans that I have for you, and they're plans to bless you, not to curse you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future, not to destroy you. So what it is is that, This life that we live, we have to make sure that you and I are lining up with the purposes and the plan and the destiny and the purpose God has for our lives. And you're going to hear two different things. You're going to hear what the enemy has to say about a situation, and then you're going to hear what God says about the situation. So I'm going to ask you, to listen to Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1. And I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible for this particular verse because I, I see that it is so good and appropriate for, for you and for me in this hour. Here it goes, Isaiah 53 verse 1 from the Amplified. Who has believed, confidently 
trusted in, relied on, and adhered to our message of salvation. And to whom, if not us, has the arm and the infinite power of the Lord been revealed? Isaiah 53, verse 1. I'm going to read it one more time. Who has believed? Who has confidently trusted in? In other words, you put all your confidence and trust in what God is saying. You are relying on what God is saying. You are adhering, meaning that you're sticking to believing in what God's message is to you. And his, what is his message? It's of salvation, but it is not only of the salvation for your eternal soul and my eternal soul, but it is to save us out, save us from whatever it is that the enemy has cooked up for you and for me. See, he always comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Jesus told us that in John chapter 10. That's what the enemy comes to do, to to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But then Jesus says, I've come to give you life, and I come to give it to you, not in a cheap way, not in a miserly or stingy way, but I come to give it to you in abundance. Who, if not us, those that put their confidence and their trust and rely on and stick to the message of salvation, to whom arm and the infinite power of the Lord been revealed. In other words, so who is God going to show forth his power to? People that trust him. Hello. So whether you live in some small village, African nation, not in the city, but far away from things that are convenient to get for necessities in life, but you still have the ability to listen to this message, I want to tell you that God is Jehovah Jireh. God is the one who provides, and he will continue to provide if you trust him. I'm reminded of a story in Kings chapter 17, verses 1 through 16. Now, there are so many stories, and if you, again, if you did not listen to part one of this message, Is There Anything Too Hard for God, please, I encourage you, go and listen to that. Go and listen to that. But I'm going to share a story that I did not share last Sunday night. And, and this is the story about the widow, a widow that lived in Zarephath. They don't give the widow's name. But they certainly tell about, you know, who she is and what she did. Now, the prophet Elijah, mighty man of God, he had already, because, see, when you, when you move the power and under the anointing of God, you're able to speak God's words into the culture and into the atmosphere, and it does come to pass. This is for real, and it's not just in biblical times. I'm going to repeat that again. It's not just for biblical times, but it's for us right in 2022. We're hearing all kinds of things about there's going to be a food shortage, and there's going to be an outbreak of now 
the 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 people that are really trying to spread ease and affliction talking about, and now there's going to be an outbreak of smallpox. Well, let me tell you something. The only way that there's going to be an outbreak of smallpox is because that is by design. I'm going to just be real. That's by wicked people designing that. And so what what should the man of God and the woman of God do in this hour? where they're talking about, oh, there's going to be a food shortage, oh, there's going to be an outbreak of smallpox. And, and like even uh, Bill Gates said, if, if they didn't get it when the first pandemic came out, now they're really going to get it now. I'm giving you a quotation. That's what he said. But see, he's Bill Gates, but he's not God. There is one true and living God, and he's over all. So even though hard times may be coming, may be coming, God does not cease. God does not stop being God. He is not changing. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And he is the way maker, promise keeper. You know, that's who he is. That is who he is. In the darkness, who he is. He's not changing. He's going to continue to be waymaker, miracle worker, keeper, light in the darkness. He's not going to change. And so here goes the man of God telling King Ahab, a wicked king, See, I wish we had prophets of God in our leaders the way that Ahab, the way that Elijah spoke to King Ahab. And we do have some, a few, but we need more to speak boldly. Ahab's of today. Here goes the words of Elijah to King Ahab. As certainly as the Lord God of Israel, I'm reading from 1 Kings, Chapter 17, as certainly as the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be no dew or rain in the years ahead unless I give the command. Whoa! The Lord's message came to him, leave here and travel eastward. So he did. So Elijah got, he gave the message, but then God said, get out of there. Get out of there. And then God led him to go and hide out in Kareth Valley near the Jordan. And he told him to drink from the stream. I have already told the ravens to bring you food there. So here we have a clear example that while other people were having challenges and weren't able to get the kind of sustenance that they needed on a daily basis, God provided for his servant, Elijah. He even would use raven to bring him food there. Let me just say this. I am not promising that ravens are going to bring you food. But what I am promising is that God will supply your every need. Now, God supplying your every need is not limited by what is happening in our world. God saying, I'm I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm the God that will supply your need. So God's word supersedes 
overrides <laughs> what world and the enemies of God are planning. So here goes Elijah that are having ravens give him bread and meat. drink water from the stream. And, and after a while, that stream dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Now, the Lord's message came to him in verse 9 of First Kings 17. Get up, go to Zarephath in Sidonian territory and live there. I've already told the widow who lives there to provide for you. Let me tell you what Jehovah Jireh means. Jehovah Jireh means the God that knows your needs and provides ahead for your need. God already knew that the stream that Elijah was getting water from and drinking to satisfy his thirst would eventually dry up. Before that even took place, God had already provided sustenance for the man of God, Elijah. And he tells him, go down to this place. I've already told the widow who lives there to provide for you. So uh, Elijah got up, went to Zarephath. He went there through the city gate, and there was the widow gathering wood. He called out to her, please give me a little water in a cup so I can take a drink. As he went to get it, he called out to her, please bring me a piece of bread. Now she said to him in verse 12, as certainly as the Lord your God lives, I have no food except for a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. Right now, I'm gathering a couple of sticks for a fire. Then I'm going home to make one final meal for my son and for myself. After we have eaten that, we will die of starvation. My, 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 my. But. Elijah told her in verse 13, don't be afraid. Go and do as you planned. But first, make a cake and bring it to me. Then make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel has said. The jar of flour will not be empty and the jug of oil will not run out until the day the Lord makes it rain on the surface of the ground. Verse 15, she went and did as Elijah told her, and there was always enough food for Elijah and for her and her family. The jar of flour was never empty, and the jug of oil never ran out keeping with the Lord's message that he had spoken through Elijah. I want to tell you that have just heard me read 1 Kings 17, verses 1 through 16. When we hear this story being told, we tend to think that only this widow woman was experiencing the famine. But this is not the case. The famine was throughout Zarephath, in the territory of Sidon. However, at the word of the prophet of the man of God, the widow believed God that God would make a way out of no way, way maker, because she believed the word of the Lord. God is a promise keeper. 
was the prophet. Right in the middle of famine, they still had food to eat, water to drink. Come on. I want you to, to remember this as we go into a time of great famine, of great lack, of people plundering the, the, the stores and the supermarkets. Remember for God that he is great, that he is a provider, that he is not shaken, that he is not moved by lack. God holds cattle of a thousand hills. And even if there were no cattle, God can still provide. He provided for his children the people of Israel even sent manna from heaven above and sent it down to the earth for them to gather. He's a provider. That's what his name is, Jehovah Jireh. He is a Sinat wrote. He is a way maker. I said last week in our program that no matter what you're dealing with, God has the answer. God has the answer. Like I said last week, people in your home need salvation. No matter how hard they appear to be in, God is a way maker. I can't, I know this for a fact. I know when I prayed for family members that were strung out on drugs for years, ungodly, that were imprisoned. We're not following the way of the Lord, but through prayer, through fasting, for years, not one year, not six months, not six weeks, but through believing God and standing for these individuals, seeing God do tremendous turnarounds. So I'm not telling you something that I don't know anything about. I've seen God deliver people from the worst addictions. I've seen God break chains, break strongholds of the wicked one. I've seen the demon possessed be set free by the power of God. I've seen those that had no homes, God take care of them and provide. I've seen and experienced sick bodies being made whole. I've seen and experienced firsthand for my own self, God being the Rapha. God who heals, Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. I know what I'm talking about. I've seen God even take things that were missing, things that were left behind in the public. Thousands of people were gathering around God and passing by it, and yet God protected what belonged to me, and nobody could touch it except to give it back to me. The God that we serve, he's for real. This is for real. This, our God is for real. No jokes. He is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. I'm telling you, I know of a man that I personally met had one kidney removed 
never even knew. But fast forward years after that, this man, I, I've met him, shaking his hand. Years after, he found out that that kidney that was removed, God replaced it. He had two healthy kidneys. What? That's the kind of, and this is a man that's alive. This is not a man that's dead. This is the kind of miracle worker God that I know. This is the kind of promise keeper God that I know. This is, I, I've been literally dark places. Literally. I could not even see my hand. And anything could have happened to me. I was in a foreign nation in a very remote place. And then there was no light. It was already very lit anyway because it was a very remote farmland. So very little light anyway. And then there was a blackout. So everything, and this was like around midnight, was pitch black. This was scary in the natural. I've been in those conditions. And literally, God spared my life and God took care of me. I've been flying a small airplane. I remember with a... Uh, 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 the guy that was the the main pilot, but he was teaching me, and I was able to fly at that time. So I was flying it, and all of a sudden we we ran into a situation in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and we saw nothing but white clouds, no even shadow of variation, just white clouds. None of the instruments in the plane were working. I mean, we couldn't even see anything. We could have flown straight into a mountain. And we would not have known that we were doing so because the little airplane that was supposed to show us in what direction we were flying was broken. And literally, Jesus became the light in the darkness. Of course, we did have to call. I was the one that was calling up control, and thank God they spotted our plane, and they would tell us, they instructed us, you know, how to get back down to the ground safely. But that was God that was using them to direct us because we literally could not see anything. God is a light in the darkness. I just want to say God bless you. I don't have any more time, but we'll see how we're going to move next week. Just know that no matter what you're facing, the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. God is making a way for you right now. He's already known. He already knows how he's going to do it. All he needs to do is you believe him. Whose report are you going to believe? Isaiah 53. Whose report are you going to believe? The report of the devil? Believe the report of the Lord. I challenge you tonight. No matter what nation you're listening to me from, no matter what political government you're under, believe the word of the Lord. Believe God and live his miracle hand working in your life, in the life of your loved ones. Until next time, this is your sister Pearl, Radio International. God bless you, but Jesus loves you so much more. Bye-bye.